Bird. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Our kind Heavenly Father, we are grateful to Thee for this a time of fellowship together here in Chicago with your beloved children. Many of them are from different parts of the world. And we're so grateful as we assemble together time after time, knowing that someday we will assemble on the other side in thy kingdom where we will never part no more. And while it is called day here on earth, may we work together with all unity and and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ for the upbuilding of his kingdom. Forgive us of our sins, trespasses against thee. And may the Holy Spirit take the service now into his control and get glory. For it is written by our Lord that whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. I pray that tonight that we will see his presence, his glory, uh, overshadowing us all. We ask that in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Be seated. Good evening, my Christian friends and citizens of the kingdom of God. We are grateful indeed to be here tonight to minister to you in the name of our resurrected Lord Jesus. My heart has kind of been kind of pumping high in the last uh, few moments. I have met some people from across the sea over in Switzerland just as I came in and they were telling me that the Holy Spirit the other night told them all about their conditions, their life and and how the they were healed and and then coming right in and immediately hearing that wonderful song down from his glory. If there's a song that thrills my soul is that song down from his glory. How that God condescending, coming down, revealing himself in a body of flesh to take my place at Calvary as a sinner and die in my stead. Amen. To give me the right to the tree of life that I might eat and live forever. How could I turn it down? How could you turn it down? Such a wonderful invitation. Then coming in and meeting our brother here from, from overseas, from Swiss, uh, Sweden. And I just wonder what it will be when we all get to glory and see... The wonderful people that we have met here time after time in the services. Brother Joseph here, of course, when he, he introduces me, I, I, he has a great love for me, so he just says a, a whole lot. <laughs> I, I don't feel, I feel so bad I haven't gotten any better vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank That's you, my brother. only regret. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. I hope I never mar that feeling in my brother or anyone else that our Lord Jesus will always keep me into a place to where I'll have fellowship and love with my brethren, for I certainly love them. It's a mutual feeling, and we together are co-workers together for the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus the Lord. And now, Tomorrow afternoon service, I think, begins around 2 o'clock or something like that. And I think our brother from Sweden is going to speak for us. And then to, tomorrow night is a closing of these uh, services, this series, because I have to hurry right home. Uh, start tomorrow night, perhaps, and Monday at 2 o'clock, I have to be down to Fort Knox to Kentucky to take some more of those shots to go overseas. I try to tell them I don't need them, but they won't. Listen to me, and I my arms get so sore, and they, I don't need those things. I, but the 
The law says I must have them, so the Bible said give Caesar what's Caesar's and God's what's God's. So if I'll have to take the shots and then preach the gospel to them. <laughs> so that'll be giving God what's God, Caesar what's Caesar. Now, I trust that the Lord will bless each one of you. I just uh, have a few moments left for a, a few words. And now I'm trying, if the Lord willing, upon return so that the ears of Chicago that is here tonight might know us surely. It has been said in my ministry that the only flaw that anyone seems to find that I can't minister to enough people at a time. Well, I just certainly wish that I could. I, if I could, I'd be more than happy to do it. But in the manner that I minister, I can't do it. The ministry wasn't given for that purpose. It has been said that Mr. Roberts, our brother, uh, would pray for 500 people while I was getting two prayed for. Well, that's true. But Brother Roberts does what God tells him to do, and I have to do what the Lord tells me to do. So that's what it's different. There's different ministering works of the Holy Spirit for the church. And Brother Roberts is certainly a fine man of faith, a wonderful character, loving brother. And there's many of them out on the field today. Frankly, I want to think that every one is just on the top, you see, just wonderful. I pray for them all the time. And this great evangelist that's on the field today perhaps wouldn't agree with me on divine healing, our lovely brother, Billy Graham. But the other day when I was listening to a radio program coming across the nation, I heard that he was in Germany in the hospital or something, sick with a kidney block. I could not help but stop right there, knowing, feeling, the sympathetic feeling for our brother and had prayer for God to deliver him. Day, all as the days went on to his service, I heard that he was better and back in the service again. God is using our brother in a great, mighty way of getting people saved, and we sure appreciate it. And I would ask all Christians to pray for our brother as we see the hand of God with him. Uh, he, uh, saving the lost. And now I pray that God will uh, deliver him completely. I hear that he's still feeling pretty bad. So I, I pray that God will completely deliver our brother so that he can preach the gospel. He reaches a type of people that perhaps wouldn't even come to listen to me, such as diplomats and so forth. The only way they'd come to listen to me, maybe if they get sick enough, they might. But it, that'd be about the only way. And I have... Had the privilege of praying for kings and monarchs and potentates. And I have never seen the Lord turn one down yet but what he healed. And Congressman Upshaw, for one out of our United States government, here had been an invalid in a wheelchair for 66 years and was instantly healed. And I never heard of the man in my life. He was sitting way back in the audience in a wheelchair when the Lord Jesus showed the vision of what happened and what was taking place. And he was made completely whole. And we're thankful for that. Perhaps, I just, how many ever heard of his case of how he was healed? Not too many. I believe, I'm going to read just a little scripture here and just give that for a testimony because I only have about 10 minutes to speak and I will speak tomorrow night, maybe come early. In the, the second or third chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the, the beginning with the first verse. Now Peter and John went up together at the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man 
lame from his mother's wombs, whom they carried daily, laid at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to enter into the ask of the temple, asked alms. And Peter fastened his eye on him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, rise up and And he took the man by the right hand and lifted up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood, and walking and leaping and praising God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word. This was a, a great time in the, in the temple in that day. Is the apostles, their heart was all filled with joy and pleasure. They had just had received a new experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Their hearts were full of joy. They thought, my, at some new something had happened. They were elated to know that the Holy Spirit had, had come, the long promise of the Father. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus told his disciples, you shall, or said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power. After this, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the othermost parts of the earth. To know that this same blessing that was up on them was to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, even today. The same. It's never reached over about one-third of the earth till this time, after 2,000 years. And we've got two-thirds of the earth yet to go over with this same gospel for this demonstration of power must be to the uttermost parts of the earth. A few days later, when Jesus was received up into glory, the last words he said to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the whole world now. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents or drink deadly things. It would not harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover it is written in the scripture that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. We cannot deny that. That's God's word. The only way that I might bypass it to justify my unbelief. But if I have to look and say, is it the word, yes or no, it is the word. And when Jesus said, when he was here on earth, he didn't claim to be a great person. He claimed to be just, he was a servant. He was the son of God. And he took up, made himself no reputation. I was thinking the other day, the man that made the artificial arm made a reputation for himself. But the man who made the real arm, arm made of himself no reputation. The man who made the artificial eye made a reputation for making it. But the man who made the real eye made of himself no reputation. He brought himself down. God Jehovah, enveiled in flesh, come down to sacrifice himself for our sins and sickness. The love of God... It could not be thought of how deep and how pure and how rich and how high to know that God would do such for his enemies, not for his, his lovely ones who love him, but for his enemies. I've often thought if God was willing to die for his enemies, to save his enemies from hell, surely he'd be willing to heal his children's sickness. Don't you think so? 
if he's so mindful of his enemies. Now, in this great hustle of the early apostles' time, how that they were gloriously uh, happy because they had had an experience. They had something. That's what's the need today is an experience. If we were going to take a trip to California and go, someone was going to drive you, you sure wouldn't want a, a driver that had never drove a car before. You'd hunt somebody who had an experience. If you were going, had to have surgery or dental work, you certainly wouldn't get somebody who didn't know what they were talking about. You would get somebody who had an experience. And that's the way it is when we go to talk about God. Let's get somebody who's got an experience, who knows what they're speaking of. And these apostles had had the experience of Pentecost. They were blessed. They had divine joy. And their hearts were all bubbling over. The whole world belonged to them. And isn't it too bad that we have lost that joy tonight, that divine joy, and what they once had? And then I think of how that the world needs the experience that they had at that time. Now, we think of Moses. When Moses, in a burning bush, this sheep herder, one morning walking along the old path where he'd walked many times, and there he was attracted by a burning bush. Come to find out, the angel of the Lord was in this bush. And now he speaks to Moses. Moses had been a bitter failure for yet knowing that God was going to deliver the children of Israel by him, yet trying to do it within himself 40 years before that, become a failure, and had lost all the vision of victory and of freedom for the people enslaved. And I just wonder sometimes if we, the church, uh, knowing that God is promised to deliver the church from its sin and from its sickness and to make us a people, a salty people that the earth will hunger and thirst after. I wonder in our human efforts, in our theologies and so forth, in our great fine buildings and so forth, that as we tried to present to the people many years ago and we found that it has failed because we took it in ourselves to do so. We took it upon ourselves to have new schools, to educate our ministers and so forth. We left off the real principle. The real thing that God told us to receive was let the Holy Spirit lead the church. We've left that off. And it's, we've lost our divine joy. We have the vision is dull now. People are not looking for the coming of the Lord. And yet atomic bombs hanging in hangers everywhere. And things that would destroy the world at once. But people has lost their vision of the Lord because they have set times that the Lord would come at a certain time. And uh, they've done all these things, trying to do it within themselves. We must turn loose and let God do these things. How can we do those things without the Holy Spirit? And now Moses had been a bitter failure. But out there now we see his tension attracted to a burning bush. And he looks to the burning bush to find out what the trouble was. And walking close to it, fire usually brings an attraction. Usually the Holy Spirit, when it comes in a manner of fire, attracts the attention of people. And when Moses turned aside to consider this burning tree that would not burn up, God spoke to him a fresh vision by an angel. Now watch faith take a hold right quick. The old things are passed away. But Moses now has a new vision. He has a revelation. He has an experience. He had met God. He had talked to God. 
Before that, he had not met God. He had only read, known what his mother had told him by, by hearing what his mother had said or hearing what the pastor had said. But now Moses has a personal experience. That's what the church needs tonight is just stop studying so much theology and get down to the altar and pray until a personal experience burns down into the human heart and burns out all the dullness and gives a new vision. Moses now was experienced. He had witnessed the power of the Lord God. He had witnessed it and both in divine healing. His hand was smitten with leprosy. He put it into his bosom and pulled it out and it was healed. He knew that God was a healer and God was with him and had personally revealed himself to him. That's the way that the Holy Spirit had come on this apostle who said, such as I have. That's what we need tonight. An experience personal with God. Moses got the personal experience. Now watch faith jump in. What's the difference in Moses now? Away he goes to Egypt, a one-man invasion, going down to take over. Nothing in his hand but a dry stick, but he went down to do it and accomplish what God told him to because he had a fresh vision from God. If anything, the church needs tonight, and what we're trying to do, friends, is to bring a fresh vision from the presence of God to let the people see that God still lives and reigns and moving with his church, and he will until Jesus comes to receive it. A vision, an experience. Once the little fellow by the name of David, such a, he went up to the armies uh, where his brothers was to take up some cakes and raisins for them. And we find out that a great bully by the name of Goliath stood across the creek on the other side of the hill and making a brag and a mock to Israel, finding out that they'd lost their faith, they'd lost their experience with God. And they were all quietened down. No one said a thing. They were afraid of that big bully. But he come out and made his brag in the ears of somebody who believed God. That was little David. A little sheepskin coat on. Perhaps just a ruddy little lad. He runs up and said, let me go fight that uh, enemy. Do you mean to tell me that you, the armies of the living God, will stand and let that uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? Why, well, he put his brethren to shame. What we need tonight is somebody with an experience like David who will stand up and say that you mean to tell me that, that you'll let man and people rise up and tell you the days of miracles is past and that Jesus' blood dried up 1,900 years ago and all we need today is to join the church. What we need today is a good old-fashioned St. Paul's revival and the baptism of the Holy Ghost like fell on the day of Pentecost to bring a people back to a living faith in God again. That's exactly... I believe in confessions to raise up and accept Jesus Christ. That's a good. I believe in all of that. But friends, we need something more than that. Abraham believed God by faith and he gave him the seal of circumcision as a confirmation of his faith. And when you say you got faith in God, God's under obligation. If your faith is right to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there to confirm that he's accepted your faith. Amen. Amen. That's right. Now, notice little David and when he got ready to go out to fight the giant, well, the, the king, he admired his courage. I guess he said, now, son, I certainly admire your courage. But you remember, we're not living in the days of Moses anymore. We're living in the days when these things are past. He said, come over here. Nevertheless, I'll equip you up. So he took his own armor off and put it on the little boy, David. And he put his, his shield in his hand. And the great big armor that he had almost weighted little David down. And he said... Well, here, take this thing off of me. I've never tried it yet. I've never proved it. 
I don't know what it is. But there's one thing he did have. He had a personal experience with a slingshot that he knew God was with him in that slingshot. That's what he needed. Saul found out that the ecclesiastical vest of Saul didn't fit a man of God. And so it weighted him down. That's what's the trouble with a lot of man today. As I meet as I cross the land, man of great standing in high churches and things, they believe this message of deliverance. They believe the message of the Lord Jesus and His power. But they're so shackled down with church denominations so they can't see no farther than their church and they won't let them any farther. What we need today is somebody to step out with some experience with a slingshot like David had. David said, I don't know nothing about your theology and about these swords and so forth. But your servant, with this slingshot, I had an experience out there that God let me kill a lion with it and kill a bear with it. And if he'll let me kill a lion with it, surely that uncircumcised Philistine belongs to me this afternoon. God, give us some more ruddy boys with that kind of a ruddy experience that'll take God at his word and believe him for everything he says. It's the truth. Amen. That's what we need tonight, my dear Christian friends. And now I want you to notice... He went out and proved exactly that God was with him because he had an experience that God could deliver the enemy into his hand by his slingshot. A little old fellow one time by the name of Samson, a little curly-headed fellow about like that. I see the artist paint his picture sometimes. The doors would hardly go across this auditorium here. Well, it wouldn't be no mystery to me to see a man like that pick up the city gates and walk away with it. A man of that size, it wouldn't be no mystery. Artist lay a line with his hands, a man of that size, but they've got the wrong slain. Samson was a little bitty fella, little curly-headed fella, seven little curls hanging down like a little sissy, and he looked like he was anything else but what uh, would be a man. But when the Spirit of God come up on him, he could slay a lion or anything, but had taken the Spirit of God. And one day when he was all backed up by the side of a hill, and a thousand Philistines was up on him, and he knew nothing to do, but he picked up an old dry jawbone of a mule and felt back to see if them seven locks are still there. He waded in with all he had and slayed that thousand Philistines with nothing else he had to give him. But he said, I haven't got nothing but a jawbone to give you, so I'll give it to you. And he slayed a thousand Philistines. What we need today is some people to get right down to real business with God. I was going into a football stadium one time where I was to have a service and a sign up over the door. I'll never forget it. It says, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And that's what we need tonight is somebody's got enough courage and backbone. No matter if you don't belong to a denomination, if you got a DD or what you got, you've got Jesus Christ on your side as long as you preach the uncompromising word of the living God and stand on the same. God's promised that he would back it up and would. That's exactly true. I remember a little fellow named Shamgar down there in, in the time of the judges. He didn't have nothing. He wasn't a warrior. He didn't know nothing about fighting. The Philistines to come over and steal everything they got. As soon as they got a little bit build up some supplies, then the Philistines would come in, rob them, take it away. That's just about the way we do in revival meetings today. We'll go in and get a, a revival started. And as soon as the evangelist leaves or the people get scattered out, then in comes the Philistines and say, now the days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as that. It's only theology. It's only psychology. It's, it's mental telepathy or something in that order. Oh, my. I can see a little old sham guard standing there and looking down the street. And here come them Philistines marching up. He wasn't a warrior. He knew nothing about fighting. But one thing he did know that he was a Jew and he had a right. He was circumcised and God was with him. So he grabbed this little old ox gold there. That's all he had. He sure gave it to 600 Philistines and killed every one of them armored men with this ox gold in his hand because he stepped out on what was right and believed God. 
What we need tonight is some more sham guards. Isn't that right? Somebody who will step out on the word of God and say that it's the truth. And don't be afraid. God will back up his word. He's under obligation to. Oh, and I think of the great heroes of the Bible. It just reminds me, here some time ago, I was up in the mountains here and I was noticing the, the, the ducks when they're all around on the water, puddling around. But the very first time a cold wind blows down, those little old ducks get out there and honk two or three times and take off to Louisiana just as hard as they can go to the rice field. What's the matter? They don't have to have any theology. He was absolutely born to duck. And when he's duck, he's got instinct. And he knows if he's a duck and instinct tells him to move out, that there's cold weathers ahead, go to where it's warmer and better grounds. Well, if, if a duck can do that by being a duck, what ought a man to do by the baptism of the Holy Ghost when he's born again of the Spirit of God? He ought to be able to know that when trouble is ahead and he can step out on God and wave away with his wings of faith and move out from the thing, move out from your sickness, move out from your shackled down conditions and all those things. It's time for God to move and do those things and grant the presence of the Lord Jesus to bless and to give power and great things for the church in any day. God has promised that he would do it. God said in the last days that his spirit would be poured out from on high and they show visions and signs and wonders in the earth and all these different things. God promised to do it. And if God promised to do it, he's obligated to take care of it. Don't you believe that? Yes, sir. He certainly is. And then when this I've noticed again one time a little old nightingale that I used to, when I pastored the Baptist church, I used to come in at nighttime and that little fellow would sit there and he'd look all around at nighttime. And when he could see a, a star somewhere, the clouds would blow back a little piece. He could see a star. He'd let out the singing just as loud as his little heart would let him sing. Why? He knew that the sun was shining somewhere for he seen the evidence of it. A star was shining, proved the sun was shining somewhere that there was still a sun in existence. And I think, my brother, tonight, that we is the day when the Holy Ghost comes down like a rushing mighty wind and blows the clouds of blackness back and we have an old-fashioned revival where the Holy Ghost is being poured out in order to make any Christian rise and shine for I know God still lives and reigns and pours out His Spirit upon the people. Yes, indeed, and the days that we're living in. If I could walk out in the morning, look up to the big morning star and say, Morning star, what makes you shine? If he could speak back to me, he'd say, Brother Branham, it's not me shining, it's the sun shining on me. A doctor said to me not long ago, I was talking to him, he said, Brother Branham, what's the matter with those people? He said, they're just worked up. That's what makes them act like that, crying and run to the altar, said it's emotion. I said, Doctor, you ought to know enough. It takes something to excite the nerves before that a person can be emotional. Certainly it is. It's something present. And it is true that when the Holy Ghost comes down, it stirs the crowd to emotion. They're sitting there anointed with the Spirit of God and the Holy Ghost sweeps across them. It stirs emotion. It's got to. Jesus said if they hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry out. And what could we do? My, when I think of that, it ain't the people. He said it ain't the people shining. It's the Holy Ghost shining on them that's doing these things. That's what's doing. It's not the people. It's the Spirit of God on them that makes them believe. It's the Spirit of God on them that gives them liberty. It's the Spirit of God on them that makes them feel free. Not long ago, I was passed up in a hunting. I like to go to the mountains. It's an old spring that I like to drink from. And that spring constantly bubbles. It's the happiest spring I've ever seen in my life. Bubble, bubble, bubble all the time. And I stopped by it one day and I said, what makes you so happy? Is it because the deers drink from you what makes you bubble? And if he could have spoke the spring, he'd said, no. I said, well, because bears drink from you? He'd said, no. Well, maybe because I drink from you, what makes you bubble? 
If he could have talked, he'd said, Brother Branham, it isn't me that's a bubbling. It's something behind me pushing me and making me bubble. And that's the way that's every man that's born to the Spirit of God, this living water springing up in him. It's not him bubbling. It's the Holy Ghost behind him making him bubble and making him believe and leading him up into higher heights and deeper depths and experiences with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need today as a gusher. Take off the cap and let the waters flow is what we need today. You notice of a morning when the, the dew, I've watched it many times when I see the dew fall at nighttime. Look out there, see the dew fall, and every time when the sun comes up, did you ever notice how happy a little dew drop was? He just sparkles and shines and sparkles and shines. I was asking one one morning, talking to nature, which was my first Bible. I said, what makes you sparkle, little dew drop? And it seemed like it's something in a way spoke back to me. Said, you know, last night I was up there. And I'm, I know I'm going up again. For I belong up there, way beyond this old hot earth, up there where the, the moisture stays. And I was once up there, and I'm happy because the sun's just shining on me. And when the sun shines on me, it's making, it'll draw me right up to where I was. Now, I think that's right. The reason you can do that because of sparkle, because you've got an experience. You was up there once. And now I think about that, that a man's ever been born again and tucked out of this life into another realm of blessings and glory. One of these days, the son of righteousness will shine across the earth. And those with that kind of an experience will be caught up to meet him in the air. Up there where they have been in the realms of glory and lost themselves and all that's around them. They don't care who's around them. They've once been up. And when they get into them kind of conditions with anointing of the spirit, that master spirit, Jesus Christ, will come someday to claim his church. I was reading not long ago, or Brother Moore was to me. My brother, I believe it was uh, some great writer of days gone by, said he had seen one of the most horrible sights he'd ever seen. When he'd seen an eagle, a heaven bird, in a cage, and he had beat his head against the bars. And he beat his wings against the bars until all the feathers had come off his wings. The feathers was off of his head and neck. And he'd fluff himself, trying to free himself, till he'd come ex- exhausted and fall down. And his weary eyes look around, look up to the skies where he really belongs. But a cage is held him down. He can't get through those bars. His weary eyes looking. Yeah, that's true. That's an awful sight. But there's another more weariful sight than that. To see men and women born in the image of Almighty God. That's supposed to be sons and daughters of God. With shackles of denomination holding them in. Holding them back from the blessings that Almighty God wants them to enter into. To the power of His presence of deliverance. And the power of His presence of the blessing of the Holy Spirit. To fall like it did on the day of Pentecost. To give them a blessing. That they could say to the world, such as I have, give I thee. That's what we need tonight is that type of a blessing. That type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's risen from the dead tonight. He's here in our midst tonight. He's sure to do anything that we would ask of him rightly to the Father. He promised he would do it. Whatever you asked in my name, that will I do. Second, Mr. Upshaw, when he was healed, as I told you, I'd give you his testimony for a second or two, a few moments. I was in Los Angeles, California. I never heard of the man in my life. The deacons or ushers them had just got me up to the platform, walking to the platform. I started to call the prayer line. Because Mr. Baxter had just preached a mighty sermon and, and it was no need of me saying anything. So I walked to the platform and I started to call for the prayer line. And as I started to call for the prayer line, I seen a little boy playing on a haystack. And he fell, broke his back. I seen a doctor with a white mustache and glasses low, worked on his back. 
I seen him become a great man, an author of books and so forth. And I was just telling what I seen. Now I went ahead and called the prayer line, started to call it. And then I heard someone raise up there and say something. Mr. Baxter come to me in a few moments and said, the man that you was describing out there is sitting out there in that chair. That's Congressman Upshaw. And I said, well, I never know nothing of him. And um, so he got through another microphone. He said, my son, well, I said, that's exactly the truth. How did you ever know those things? I said, I seen it by vision. And he said, the man that ordained you, Dr. Davis in the Baptist church told me to come here. And that's why I'm here. Said, I've been going to healing services since I was a little boy trying to get healed. But said, I've been crippled for 66 years and is 86 years old then. And I said, well, now, sir, I wish I could do something for you. I can only say what I see. And then the meeting started on. And when they started to bring someone to the platform, I seen a doctor standing in front of me with the tortoise shell glasses, one of the little round collars and coats on, little medical coats. And he had his arms folded like this, shaking his head, standing right out in the midair. And he, I looked below him, and he had operated on a little colored girl and had taken the tonsils out and had paralyzed her. Well, when I said that, way down from me, a, an old colored mother there let out a scream, and here she come with the, oh, the cart in her hand saying, Lord, have mercy, that was my baby, and that's exactly the kind of doctor operated on it. And the ushers just had to keep her off the platform because you have to have cards to line up. That's legitimate and the best way that we know how to do. And the old mother drug her baby down like that, and she was just pushing ushers every way. And she wanted to get to the platform. I said, looked at the baby. I said, yes, Auntie, that's the little girl. And I, I said, well, he's a young fellow. had black, slick hair. She said, yes, that's right. I said, well, I said, will my baby ever get well? I said, Auntie, I don't know. I just can't tell you. Only thing I can do is just say what I see. That's all. That's why our Lord Jesus said, he said, I can do nothing till the Father shows me. I said, surely you'd have faith to believe the baby's going to get well, or this other gentleman here would go to get well if God could move out there and speak his, who he, about him in the audience. And I said, well, to one of my, the ushers, I said, bring the prayer line, and they'll start bringing a lady, and it called me this way again, and I looked, it looked like a black streak moving right over the audience. Well, I thought maybe it was something evil. But it turned out when it materialized, it was a street or a road. And this little colored girl was going down this road with a doll on her arm, rocking it like that. Brother, that's it. <laughs> Satan couldn't send enough devils out of hell to stop it. God's already said so. That's exactly right. And about that time, I said, Auntie, your prayers has been heard. And Jesus Christ has healed your baby. Stand up on its feet. And she said, well, my baby get well. I said, it's well now. And while she had, was talking to me, the baby raised up and said, mother, threw its arms out like that had been paralyzed from the shoulders down for two years. And there, and that mother and daughter with her arms around one another screaming and crying and people fainting and everything else standing around. I looked going across the audience, right across the top of the people's head. And here went the old congressman with a brown pinstripe suit on, bowing his head to everybody right across the audience. Well, then I said, congressman. Have you got a brown pinstripe suit? He had then a black suit on or a blue suit with a red tie. He said, yes, sir, I have. I just got it a few days ago. I said, the Lord Jesus Christ has made you well. You can stand up and heal for it. Thus saith the Lord God. 
He has had respect unto you and you are healed after being an invalid for 66 years, rolled in beds and wheelchairs. And that old congressman jumped to his feet, ran to the platform without crutches, without anything, touched his toes like this. He could almost do a handspring and was perfectly normal and well. It's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight that's raised from the dead to do the same here in this building tonight that he did then and has across the world. Back over into the other countries, you'd guess you'd imagine how it would get along without, and it's people here, this, for instance, the brother here from Sweden, there's those here from different places, from up in the Finland, you know, and perhaps Africa, where I don't even know one word of their language, you're nothing, but the Holy Spirit will point to a certain person and and speak to them and tell them where it has to come through an interpret interpretation that they'll understand the things that they do and the sin of their life. And not one time does it ever fail because it's the Lord Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love him. I'm sorry to keep it this long. A few moments now, we'll call the prayer line and go to praying for the sick. God be with you, my dear friends. Many of you have been your post to duty at your churches tomorrow. Greet your pastors for me. I am not... I'm perfectly interdenominational. I believe in all Christians are brothers and sisters and we should worship together. It's too bad that the barriers break us down and so forth. And I have never at one time in my life ever knowingly to be guilty of proselyting or telling a person what church they should belong to. I believe that a man's got a liberty to make up his mind on what church that he desires to go to. And I pray that God will bless you. Uh, maybe you're, you don't need a new church. You might need a good old-fashioned revival in your church. You might need that. I think we all need that. And to you pastors here, God bless you. You might disagree with me on Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead, proving that he is the same yesterday day, and forever. If you do, you're my brother just the same. I pray that God will bless you, forgive you for that. And if the great day comes, that we'll sit down at the kingdom at Jesus' feet and there see the many thousands that we preach to all saved and safe at that side. God be with you now while we pray. Father, we thank thee for thy word. Thy word is life. You said faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. And I pray that you will bless this audience tonight. Keep them ever before thee, Lord, and write their names upon the palms of thy hand. Put them upon the, the heart of the Lord Jesus and may each one remain a Christian till death shall set him free to the other side. The backslider tonight, may he feel the shame and come home to the Heavenly Father. The sinner, may he repent and come home. And we pray that you will heal all the sick and afflicted. Get glory out of the service, for we commit ourselves to you now for the healing of the sick. In the name of Jesus Christ, thy Son. Amen. Now, for the services. Uh, find out what what cards he give out today and we will all right we could stand here and speak for hours coming back after coming from overseas i'm going to change the position of having prayer lines and so forth and now but at this time tomorrow night will be the closing services of this for chicago at this time we go to West Coast then, and then from there back to New York City, and then overseas. I love you very much, and I know you love me from the way you act and the way you do. It's mutually felt. And now, the only way that we can pray for the sick, the only way that I know how, is I hear 
so that you'll be sure to understand it. I claim that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and they crucified him and buried him. And on the third day, God raised him up. And for 40 days and nights, he was with his disciples here on earth. And he went up at the 40th day and told his disciples that he was going away and the world wouldn't see him no more. But yet they would see him and he'd be with them, his disciples, through every generation to the end of the world. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Do you believe that? Amen. I believe that on the day of Pentecost, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, was given, which is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, given to the church. And Jesus lives in his church, his people tonight, just as he lived with them in a body of flesh. The flesh had to die in order to make a sacrifice to redeem us back to God to pay the penalty of death that we committed. And now I believe that he will come physically in a body form someday the same Jesus went away. The Spirit will be taken from the church back to the body of Christ and he will return again in physical form just as he went away. The same Jesus eating and drinking with and talking with his disciples. I believe that he will come and believe that's the only answer to the world's problems today. Is that right? And then I believe that Jesus said this. He said... The things that I do, you shall do also. To the end of the world. I believe that these things was to accompany the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then if the scripture teaches he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we find out what he did that day. He's duty-bound to his word, to my humble opinion, to keep his word before his people. If I promise you to be here and deliberately... Now, God don't make a promise unless he can back it up. I can make a promise and I may have to back up, but God doesn't have to do that. And if he promised that he was the same yesterday and forever, the things that he did, the church would do always, even to the end of the world. He's duty bound to his word to do that thing that he promised. Now, the only thing will keep it from happening is our unbelief. That's right. That's all. It's the only thing. Our disloving him. Oh, we say we have faith. We have love. But if we had love, we'd have faith. For that is... Perfect love casts out all fear. And when fear is gone, faith is perfect. Your security won't keep his word. But I believe that he does. And now we'll find what he did. When he was here, he didn't say, bring me this one, let me heal it. Very much contrary. I believe he could raise the dead. Do you believe that? But he didn't raise all the dead. He only raised three dead people, as the scripture quotes, in all of his ministry. Three is a confirmation. Perhaps people come and say, now looky here, look at that fella. Well, if he raised Lazarus, let him come down here and raise my uncle. We'll see whether he can or not. Sure, those same critical things went on. The Jews hating him the way they did. They said that. Look, when he passed through the pool of Bethesda, where all those crippled, lame, and blind people was, he wandered his way right through those thousands of people of crippled, lame, halt, blind, little babies with waterheads and so forth, until he got to a man laying on a pallet. And he made that man well and walked away and left the rest of them laying there. And the Jews in question him in the same chapter, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Now, if he's raised from the dead, he's the same Jesus today, isn't he? Right. When he met the woman at the well, he, knew, he talked to her long enough to find out what was wrong with her. When he talked to people, he perceived their thoughts. Their faith touched him. The people in the audience tonight could touch him with faith till it would make him turn if he would stand on this platform and say, your sins are forgiven or your 
a cancer is healed or whatever was wrong with you and tell you about it. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, then he, he has no hands but ours now. He's your spirit form. No eyes but ours. No ears but ours. No tongue but ours. So let's let him have everything. The secret of this is submitting yourself with godly love into the hands of a loving father and letting him take you over. That's all. Shall we pray for these handkerchiefs? Lord, in whose name we trust that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, may your spirit come up on all these that these handkerchiefs represent and may each and every one of them be made he- healed yes. and well yes. by the power of the resurrection yes. of the Lord Jesus Christ. We send them for that purpose. Lord God, watch over them and perform this for your glory and the mercy of those poor, sick, suffering people. Some of them, perhaps the doctors give up. The only hope they have is this handkerchief to reach them as a token of the Christian church praying. I ask, Father, that it be done. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. What was the use? How many? hundred? Well, let's see how many we can stand in here tonight. Let's start from number one. <clears throat> you, number one. Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. On up to 15, 20. I don't care how many stands, but you just can't stand too many at once. Now start off with one, two, three, four, five, and get up to 15. We'll see how many you've got left standing there then. Now, while they are coming, let me ask the church something just for a few moments. Look at the people, more people's healed out there in the audience than there is up here. Isn't that right? And you remember this, that after I'm gone a long time from here, you'll find people that's been in this meeting will be normal and well. Last evening, something happened that I have never seen for quite a while. And that was an evil spirit leave a person, see it physically leaving. And it did. I watched it last night. Christian friends, I am not a fanatic. I do not believe in fanaticism. I'm more against it than you are. Because it's my duty to be against it. It's my duty to thin it out. And to try to keep the church straightened out. I do not believe in fanaticism. But I do know the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know there is devils. Now, here's, here is the power of... Let me, while they're lining up the peoples, let me ask this. How many here believes that the most essential thing in the kingdom of God is love? That's right. Now... I'm going to give you a little secret. If you love people, people will know it. Did you know that man is a creator in himself? How many believe that? He's a son of God in his fallen condition. Today, while we were out looking at the skyline of Chicago, you can see that man's more than an animal. you never seen an animal building uh, cities like this and making beautiful boat harbors and so forth. He's a creator. Was you ever around someone that you just loved to be around? Did you, you've had those people. What is it? It's because of their atmosphere that they create around them. You've been in nice people, but yet you couldn't stand to be around them. It's their atmosphere. It's love. Love goes out deep. It does great things. And Jesus Christ is the love of God. I used to think that God was angry with me, but Christ loved me. And I come to find out that Christ is the very heart of God. He is God's heart. Jesus Christ is God's heart. Now, love overcomes. Love hides sin or gets rid of sin. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. 
Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, love hides sin, or love heals the sick. Now, you can act like you love people. You say, well, I, I, Miss Jones, I, I don't get along with her good, but I love her. Miss Jones knows better than that. Sure she does. You just don't do it. No matter how much you try to act like you do, you don't. And that's the way it is with, with divine healing, with anything else. You can't impersonate it. You've got to have it. You've got to. How many loves me with all your heart? I'm going to tell you a little story. All right. I hope your confidence is real deep now. This may sound kind of strange to you. Many of you have been down at my house. As I see Brother Wood sitting here laughing at me because I know he knows the experience. All people come and go and you know how it is. And last summer I couldn't even get my yard mowed in the front. And I, about the time I got around to the back, the front had grown up again. And I'd start mowing a little while, and people come in, and had to go out and pray for them, and they'd come back and mow a couple rounds, and I got quite a front yard. So my wife would say, you're not going to have on those overhauls and go out there and pray for those sick people. Get in here and change your clothes. So I would go down the yard praising the Lord and come back again with the old mowing machine just in rhythm, you know. And I'd come back, a car drive in. Well, maybe I'd be a couple hours with them, and then... Somebody else would get in, that probably ruined the day, and the next day the grass is coming real high again. And So I got around in the backyard to mowing, and when I got back there, I took off my, my shirt, for I was in the backyard where no one would see me, and I was mowing as hot as it could be, and I mowed up against a, a little fence there, and I got a little martin box that I built up there so the children could watch the martins go in, but it happened to be that a bunch of hornets inhabited, and when I hit that bunch of hornets, roused them out. I was covered over with great big hornets just flying all around me. Now, this may seem strange. Do you read the story over there the, in my book there called When the Maniac Run Out There, Portland, Oregon, was going to slay me? You remember the book? I didn't have dislike for that man. I had pity and love for that poor fellow. He was in that shape. I felt sorry for him. He, he perhaps... If that spirit is off of him, he'd, he'd love me. You've got to love even your enemy. And when this, this, just a little thing while they're making ready, these bees cover me all over. And instead of being scared now, I had love for those hornets. Now that sounds foolish, but it's true, something happened. And I thought, poor little fellows, probably taking a nap in there, I went and disturbed them. And I hit that like that, and they were really meaning business. They were all around me. And I stopped my mowing machine. I said, I am sorry, my little friends, that I disturbed you. And I'm sorry. I am God's servant. And no wonder you're angry with me because I disturbed you. But I am God's servant, and I am praying and ministering to his people. So I haven't got time to play with you at this time. So you rush right back in the, na- in the name of the Lord Jesus and go into your box. And my Bible laying here, and as a Christian minister, and God knows my heart, those bees swarmed right around me about two more circles and lined up one by one and went right back into the box. And that is true. One day out on a big farm, uh, the, just how, you got, how many you got lined up now? You want some more? You need some more? All right, bring me up the last four. Where we leave off? Fifteen? All right, give me up to 20 then. Let them be, line them up if you wish to. Uh, up to 20. 
All right. Notice a big male cow run through the field one day to take my life, and I, I, there was no way for me to get away from him. And instead of me getting scared, I felt sorry for the animal. And he run within a few feet of me. It just killed a colored man down to the Burke's farm about two months before that. And I said, uh, your creator is my loving savior. And I am not bothering you. I'm on a mission to go across this field. And now in the name of our creator, the Lord Jesus, you go over there and lay down under that tree. And that fellow run within about five feet of me and stopped. And he looked so depleted. He looked right and left, turned right around, walked over and laid down under the tree. That's right. I felt sorry for him. I loved him. That's exactly right. Now, that sounds crazy. But let me tell you, friends, when St. Paul, the apostle, when the serpent grabbed him through the hand. Now, if he said, oh, my, get me the iodine quicker, some serum, it might have hurt him. But he was so charged with the Holy Ghost till he just looked at it, not one bit scared, just shook the thing off in the fire and went on. That's right. People get scared. The cancer, when he grabs you, you get, oh, the doctor said I'm going to die. That's what makes you die. Say, get out of here. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus. You have no right of holding me. And mean it from your heart. Watch what happens. You've got, you can't impersonate it. You've got to have it. As a hunter in the woods, how many times have I walked face to face with vicious animals? Just stand and look at them just for a few minutes. You turn around and walk off the side of the road. That's right. You, you, if you're scared, don't you try it. But if you're not scared, go ahead. If you're scared, don't you try to trust the Lord tonight. You better get back down and ask the doctor what he can do for you. But if you're not scared and you love him, just accept him tonight and find out what takes place. He'll do it. All right. Everyone reverent now. As the organ plays... For just a word of prayer again, Father, in the name of thy son, Jesus, I don't know why I'm so excited though, tonight meeting those people just for coming to the platform. But Lord, in grace, I ask you that you will help me just now and anoint me for this service, Father, for there's hundreds of people here waiting and maybe tonight might be the turning point and a great blessing will follow. I ask this for God's glory. In the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Or maybe if I can talk to the woman just a little bit. Usually, the Holy Spirit's already near when I start praying. But I've just been a bit disturbed meeting friends and things before it comes to platform. So I will just talk to you a minute to see what He... We are strangers to each other, I suppose, you and I. And... The Lord Jesus knows both of us, so doesn't he? And he knows us both. And I trust that he will do something for us. To the audience, does anyone out there know the woman? Uh, you know anybody in this audience knows her? Yes. All right. Now, I do not know her. God knows this is the first time I've ever seen her in my life. But if Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, now let's just take the gospel, base it right here on the Bible. Now, what would he do to this woman? As she's sick, well, he would tell her he healed her at Calvary when he died for her. But now, 
he would know just what was wrong with her. He'd probably talk to her a few minutes like he did the woman at the well. He'd find out what was wrong. He'd tell her what was wrong with her. Or maybe what she wanted or something like that. That would be Jesus today. That was Jesus yesterday. Is that right? That's the way the Bible speaks of him. That would be Jesus today. Now, we are his servants. Now, if we can submit ourselves so perfect that we won't have any thought of our own, the Holy Spirit using us, perhaps he'd do the same thing. If he does, all right. I cannot make him, you know. But if he comes to anoint, well, he will do it. I'm sure of that. Now, uh, this is a beautiful city, isn't it? Wonderful, great city. But it certainly needs an old-fashioned revival. Ever, ever city needs that. That's right. Every city needs that. Now the Holy Spirit's here. And you're aware that something happened just then. You are here to see me about a condition of your body. And that is pending an operation. It's a tumor that's in your body. And that it's, a, it's in the stomach. Your trouble's in your stomach, and it's a tumor that's pushing. That's what it is. That is true. And now, do you believe me as I have told the truth about the Bible? I'll talk to you just a little while longer and see what he would say for the sake of the audience, you see. Just a little while longer. And uh, do you, now you know that I know nothing of you, but he knowed what was wrong with you. Then this that you feel now is his presence. Isn't that right? And now, uh, you are, yes, there's something I see you have left a loved one or something. It's, a, it's your husband, and he's uh, something wrong. He's, it's a stroke. Uh, the, hu- the husband has a stroke. Is that right? Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Would you like to go home and lay hands on him and see him come out of it and be well? Come here. Dear God and Father, may thy spirit rest upon the woman. May she be made well, and the desires of her heart given her through Jesus thy Son, I ask this blessing. Amen. I want to talk to you again just a moment, lady. Now, the, the things become a dream to me afterwards. I, I want to ask you this. You know beyond any shadow of doubt, whatever it was, I don't remember now, but whatever it was, it was the truth. Was that right? Absolutely the truth. And at that same time, something was anointing upon you when I had the contact of your spirit. That something was, is that right? That's right. Well, then, now, if you believe that that was the Lord Jesus Christ and his servant being anointed, then with my hands laid upon you while that anointing is on me, you have to receive what you ask for. Is that right? If you can believe it. Is that right? You do believe it. Then you shall have what you've asked for. God bless you. May the Lord Jesus be blessed. Now, have faith in God and, and just don't doubt. Just believe with all your heart and all your mind. Anyone out there in the audience, how many hasn't a prayer card out there? Raise up your hand so I can get a general idea of where you are and you want to be healed. God bless you. That just have faith and you shall have what you ask for. All right, uh, let the man come. Good evening, sir. The... You love the Lord Jesus. He is marvelous, isn't he? He's the son of the living God. And he's our redeemer and our healer. Now, when he was here on earth, he would, if he was here wearing my clothes that he gave me, 
uh, he would talk to you a little while. He'd know your trouble. And, and he would... Uh, and now some people might think I was reading the person's mind. That is absolutely error. Sir, you keep, come up here and just lay your hands on my shoulder. And just as a point of contact to contact you, as Jesus said, they lay hands on the sick. Now, if the Lord Jesus shows me a vision out here and he tells me, and as the vision is speaking, if it takes place, you nod your head if it's right or not, if he should give me the vision. And now I felt that coming from back there that you thought I was reading the man's mind. I am not. No, sir, I am not. But what if I told you Jesus Christ was a mind reader? Would you believe it? He sure was. He perceived their thoughts. Is that right? Now, if you'll tell me the difference between perceiving thoughts or reading the mind, not like these psychic readers out here, the devil. That's the devil. The devil just patterned that off of Jesus Christ. This man with his hand on my shoulder, as I see something moving before me now, turning white, I see a young man standing here. A real young man, and the man is doing something wrong. It's evil, and he is repaid for it. The man has contacted a social disease that has, has ruined his life. And the man is becoming older. It's affecting him. He has a wife. The man has become in a serious condition. He's mentally disturbed at this time. He thinks that he has uh, crossed over the separating line where there is no pardon for his sins. Those things are true, sir. If it is, raise your hand up to the audience that they'll see that that is true. Do you know now at whatever it was, God knows your life, knows what you've been through your life, and knows what you will be? Is that right, sir? You believe that he will now take away your standing in his presence probably closer than you ever was in your life? Do you believe now that if I would ask along with the rest of this audience, lay hands up on you, that Jesus Christ will give you the desire of your heart? Kind Heavenly Father, as the human mortal lips move and say, Yes, I believe it comes from the depths of his soul. And I ask now that the evil sickness will go from his body and he'll be made completely whole in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Go and God's peace be with you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. I trust that he'll do the same for you too. God bless you. Just a minute, sir. An evil spirit went from the man, and I've seen it rise somewhere else. Just, well, kind Heavenly Father, who knows all things, may He... It's a... It's the, your faith has saved you, lady, that you sitting right there rubbing your eyes with tears. You have been nervously broken down, and you have been told a lie by Satan. 
Satan has told you that you have committed the unpardonable sin and you cannot be forgiven. Your sins are forgiven you, sister. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Stand up on your feet and accept that now as God's blessings. Raise up your hands and stand up and give him praise. Was there something like that wrong with this man? There, Satan thought he would get by with that, but he couldn't do it. You're both delivered. God bless you. Go on your road rejoicing. There's the angel of the Lord standing around them both. God be praised and blessed. You're holding her, mother. You yourself that's so rejoicing over your friend being healed. You love her. You love the Lord Jesus. You believe me to be his prophet. You got your arms around her. You've had arthritis, haven't you? You haven't got it no more. Your faith has healed you. You can go on your road rejoicing. God bless you. You are made well. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart. The angel of the Lord remains standing there. It's over a little lady sitting right in behind you there. Been suffering from a sunstroke. Got too hot out there and fell. And you've been having ill effects. Jesus Christ has healed you. Your faith has touched him, sister. The same Lord Jesus has said to the woman, the blood issue had stopped. The sunstroke has left you now and you're going home to be well. God bless you. Stand up and give him a praise for it, for his glory. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, how could you doubt the resurrecting power of our Lord Jesus Christ? To do it would be sin. Someone believe I challenge your faith in the name of the Lord Jesus to believe that the testimony that I give concerning the angel of the Lord, that when I was a baby, he, that pillar of fire hung over the crib the very minute I was born. The first thing I can remember is a vision. Ten years ago, he stood by me as a man dressed in white with hair down his long white robe and told me I was to pray for sick people and told me that this was a gift that was given for God uh, to go pray for the sick people. I asked you in the name of the Lord Jesus to believe that and you shall be made well. Yes, sir. That's a bold challenge. You, sir, sitting there looking at me so honestly with that white shirt on your collar open. Yes, sir. You. You believe me, don't you? You know what's wrong with you? You did have a heart trouble, but you don't have it no more now. Your faith touched you. You're interested in somebody. That is your wife. And that's her sitting right behind you. And she's suffering with a nervous condition. She thinks she has heart trouble sometimes. But it's a stomach pressing nerve uh, against her. She's healed too. So both of you can go home and be made well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the living God. You believe me? As his servant? His anointing is here. His anointing was with you. You are a believer. You've been healed once before in one of my meetings. I don't remember you. God knows that. But it was something other on the breast. It was, a, it was tumors on the breast, cyst-like. And you had something wrong with your throat. You were healed. It's all gone. You've got another cyst has appeared in the stomach or somewhere down like that. And God has healed you from that now so you can go on your own and rejoice and be made well. God bless you. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. How we thank the living God for His mercy and His goodness. 
Be reverent. Believe with all your heart. You shall receive what you ask for. You believe me to be his servant with all your heart? Listen. I see you trying to move at times. Get up out of a chair. You can hardly do it. You've got arthritis. Isn't that right? You've got a brother, too, that you're interested in, haven't you? And he's got cancer. You're healed. Go lay your hands on him and he'll be healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may you receive the blessings of the Lord Jesus. Do you believe me as his servant? You want to be, you was healed sitting there, but you're wanting your grandchild healed now. And I'll tell you what's wrong with him. It's something in his mouth. I see the doctor look up. He hasn't got no roof in his mouth, isn't that? Go lay your hands on him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lady, you want to get over that stomach trouble? You want to eat your supper? Do you accept Jesus as your healer now? Then go eat your supper in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, lady. Do you believe with all your heart? You want to get over that kidney trouble in the back there and be made well? You believe that he'll make you well? You believe I lay my hands on you now, being at his anointing, is sure who knows you and you couldn't hide your life if you had to. But you believe that he'll make you well? He has. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may it be confirmed to our sister. All right. You want to get over that stiffness too and arthritis and all the diseases of your body? You believe if we'll ask now that Jesus will heal you? Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, may the woman be healed for God's glory. Amen. Now go rejoicing, sister. Happy. Let your faith build way up and believe with all your heart. Do you believe, lady? With all your heart? If God will tell me what's wrong with you, will you accept Jesus as your healer? You've got um, uh, some kind of a trouble that you... um, You're doing a lot of coughing all the time. Asthmatic condition. Nervous also. You believe Jesus is going to make you well? In the name of Jesus Christ, receive your healing. Amen. All right. Come, lady. Do you believe with all your heart? You want to go with that anemic condition? You don't look like you're anemic, but you are because the blood's dripping between us white. It, go to Calvary by faith now and receive a blood transfusion from Jesus Christ and be made well in the name of Jesus Christ. May it be so. Hallelujah. Sister, do you believe? You've got a nervous condition. And another thing, you got a stomach trouble. It's bothering you. Your nerves is what's upset. Your stomach causes an ulcer, peptic condition. You belch up your food, and yet you got a burning feeling down low. Jesus Christ will make you well just now. I'll lay hands on you and rebuke this devil in the name of Jesus Christ. Go on your road rejoicing, thanking God, and you won't have to eat baby food and stuff. You'll be all right. Let's say praise be to God. You believe God heals you when you walked up there just then when that... That's exactly what taken place. Jesus Christ made you well. You believe you won't have to be operated on for that tumor? You believe God took it away from you there? Go on your road rejoicing to be made well for God's glory. At the same time when I said that to her, a funny feeling struck you. It was a tumor. Go on your road and God bless you and be made well. Hallelujah. You want to go eat your supper from stomach trouble you've had for a long time? Go eat your supper. The stomach trouble has left you and you've been made well. Sister, you'll die if Jesus Christ doesn't take that cancer out of you, but you believe he does it now? Amen. Go on your road rejoicing and be made well. Hallelujah. I know you might think I'm crazy, but I'm not. The lady rejoicing, going there, happy. What do you think, sir? You want to get over that rupture sitting there? Right back set. Yes, sir. God heals you if you believe it. Stand up on your feet and accept it just now. God bless you. Sitting right back there at that heart trouble. The second person coming in there. You want to get over that heart trouble sitting there? You'll believe it. 
God will make you well. One sit next to you there, that lady? Yes, she has arthritis. Lay your hand over on her and let her get well. And God will bless you. What do you think of it there? The lady with high blood pressure sitting right there. You I'm talking to with a high blood pressure. You, you, you're mixed language. You speak German. You speak German also. Believe with all your heart and be raised up and made well in Jesus Christ. You want to get over the stomach trouble and go eat your supper? Go eat your supper in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does every one of you want to be made well at this time? If you do, stand to your feet and accept my Lord Jesus Christ as your personal healer and he'll heal you. Oh God, have mercy upon this audience of people. May the Holy Ghost fill this place now with a burning fire and the smoke of the Holy Spirit that come in the temple when Solomon dedicated it. And may the power of God surge to this people. May the sick be made well at this very hour through Jesus. Amen. Keep praising.